SRN Survival Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Sunday, April the 26th. We're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. And we also have a guest co-host with us today. We have Dr. Lori Hobson. How are you, Dr. Lori? I am just fine, Will. I am so happy to be with you. And we are so happy to have you. Um, Just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and I know that you're also an author, uh, life coach. Mm -hmm. Tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, I am a professional speaker as well as a life coach and author. And I always say people know what a speaker is. People know what an author is. But they're not always quite sure what a life coach is. So I'd like to start with kind of giving you a brief description of what a life coach does. Basically, it's very much like therapy and counseling. However, It is much more solution-focused and action-oriented. A life coach has you take a look at all, at 12 different areas of your life and decide whether or not you're satisfied with those areas. If you're satisfied, we leave that alone. If you're not, then we take a little further look. If we, of the things that you're not too satisfied with, if none of them is really a big deal for you to change, we leave that alone too. And we narrow it down to those parts of your life that are priority for you to do something to change. And I help you to build a strategy to make those changes in your life. Um, a, as a counselor and therapist, which I did for many years, um, I would be giving you a, treat, a plan for your treatment and I would be suggesting things that you do. As a life coach, I would be working with you, but the strategy would come from you and I would hold you accountable to what you have decided you're going to do. Um, and it, it, it moves along very quickly as long as you're willing to put in the work. And what you find is you tweak that part of your life just a little bit, and it changes your life immeasurably and makes it wonderful. Um, I am also an author of two books. The first one is Mama Sayings and Life Reflections. And basically it, was those, it began with those things my mama used to tell me when I was encountering life's bumps. And I started writing them down after she passed away so I wouldn't forget them. And then as I began to tell people what I was doing, they began to contribute Mama's sayings, and it ended up being a book, Um, the sayings and the stories behind them. And my latest book is called Set Yourself Free, a 30-day planner for improving your most important life areas. And basically it is a 30-day planner, but not like any that you would normally see. It's not just a list of appointments. Mm-hmm. It has an inspirational quote on every page, um, either from me or from someone whose name you would recognize. And instead of a, just a to-do list, there's a to-do list and an accomplishment list. And there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of information on life coaching and how you get started with life coaching as well. 
And both of those books can be found on my website, which is lauriehobson.com, L-O-R-I-H-O-B-S-O-N.com. If anyone is interested in the books, they can order them there. And I am in the process of rebranding and renaming my business. And I can't reveal it until all my ducks are in a row. But I hope that I'll be able Ah. to come back and tell you all about it in a very short time. (laughs) We would love to have that. We would love to have that. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Um, And you actually did clarify a few things that I had, um, questions I had about life coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happens when I do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing that. But mm-hmm, how was everyone's welcome. weekend? I'm going to start first. I had an amazing week. Um, started with me, my publicist, and a couple friends. Um, we went to D.C. for a reception for the White House Correspondents' Dinner Weekend, and it was just simply amazing. Um, so being in the midst of such influential people just really inspired me to up my game. Um, That much more. Then today, got back and I graduated four of my students who, um, you you know, I have the Makeup Academy. And every December, December through August, I have a four month intensive hands on training, training individuals who want to be freelance makeup artists. So today was their day of graduation. It was really good. Um, They presented me with a Michael Kors watch as my gift. Um, which I'm supporting right now. I posted pictures on Facebook. It is nice, really nice. (laughs) Um, But it was just amazing. Tears shed. It was just amazing. I had had a really good weekend, feeling really blessed right now. But how was your week? Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, Alicia? is that to me? I was going. I was going to be nice and let Dr. Lori go first. Oh, <laughs> but I'll I go ahead. You go know, ahead. My weekend was amazing, truly amazing. Um, I had the opportunity to be a keynote speaker um, at one of our local churches for what wow. turned into the first ever Women's Joy Unspeakable Workshop Luncheon, and you know it was an awesome time of fellowship with women of all ages. But just having that opportunity, you know, we talked a lot on this show about launching your vision and um, rebranding yourself and your passions. You know, they don't always wind up with some of the things that we do for our nine-to-five. But being able to share my testimony um, as an author, being able to share that journey that I published about how you can go from a life of abuse and one where you're mm-hmm. praying to die to one that you're, a vi- you know, you're, in, you're walking in victory and you're living yeah. according to your purpose. And I love it when we can get women connected together, when we can identify the things that are so common to all of us, but then leave transformed and feeling like, you know, I I got this. You know, I can get back on the road to rebuilding my life and restoring some of those dreams. Um, So for me, it was a blessing. And uh, one of the things I loved is just seeing the support, but also we had two wonderful speakers who came out. Um, One dealt with her testimony as far as being a caregiver and and talking about caregiving and how you need to have resources and know resources that are available for you um, because that's a hard job. And that's one that it's a labor of love, but it's very taxing. And then we had a wonderful woman, and Dr. Lori, I thought about you, um, because she mm-hmm. is a mental health counselor. But the mm-hmm. two of you shared the same vision of we don't want to talk about all of your past and all those things. There is a time for that. But we want to talk about how to help you do the work uh, so mm-hmm. you can have the life that you want. 
Um, so she really broke down what counseling is and what it's not. And, you know, I'm just always encouraged to be in the presence of people where, you know, you can share your gift, but mm-hmm. see their life go forward. So it was an awesome mm-hmm. weekend. Awesome weekend. Sounds good. Wow, it does sound good. And you know, Alicia, you know, I live for moments like that. Yes, <laughs> just yes. fantastic. Well, my weekend was a family weekend. This weekend for me was a family weekend. Um, on Saturday, I hung out with my daughter. We went out and went to the mall and had some lunch, and I just we just kind of enjoyed each other um, mm-hmm. on Saturday. And today, I went with my son and his daughter, who is, uh, I believe she is 16 months old. We went to the Children's Museum in Portsmouth. And we had such a good time. I don't know if she had more fun than I did because <laughs> it, <laughs> it was such a pleasure just watching her just run from one thing to the next. You know, that museum has an area that's especially for toddlers. Yeah. And so, you know, we, you know, I could kind of took her in there and we, we just sat. I just sat down and just watched her, and she just ran from one thing to the next to the next. There was a xylophone. Okay. She was banging on that and... And twirling things on the wall and, you know, running and picking oh. up little little yeah. donuts and, you know, and, um, you know, playing with little stuffed animals and things. And she, you know, she climbed into a fire truck and a car oh. and a motorcycle. Wow. And she I just had go. a good time. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, you know, you can come on and go with me. We'll get the baby. She'll be our cover. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. While y'all are there having while we're in there having yeah. fun, you know, we can use her as an excuse to be there. Yeah. Exactly. We got a plan. We got a yeah, plan. but it was real quality time with family. I enjoyed this weekend very, very much. All right. And that's yeah. always special. That's good. Yeah. Is. And it's part of the way I I renew as well. Yeah. You know, because as Alicia, I'm sure, knows, um, you know, being out there and helping people with their lives and seeing people make those mm-hmm. breakthroughs. It's very important. It's my gift. It's my talent. It's what I give, but mm-hmm. it it takes a lot. And so part of my renewal is that kind of time with family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned the word family because, mm-hmm. of course, tonight's show is on envy, and we have a beautiful dear host letter that talks about okay. family and it talks mm-hmm. about envy. But before I share that, I want to remind our listeners that the phone lines are open. The web chat feature is also open on the website. Um, So if you want to call in and and chime in for your advice on this letter or even our guest expert that's coming up, um, you can call in to 1-917-932-1078 and press 1 to be live on the air. But we received this letter. It simply reads, Dear Host, I'm glad to see that you're doing a show on envy and showing how it can be a good thing. I hope your expert can provide some clarity in my situation. I am one of two sisters, and I was always the responsible one growing up. I did what our parents told us and always obeyed the rules. My sister and I never got along because she was jealous over my parents' affection for me versus her. She was always a rebellious, wild child that was anything but responsible while I was the good daughter that did what I was told. Now, my sister and I are in our 20s. I am constantly in and out of relationships where I'm mistreated, used, and lied to, 
while my sister is married to a good man and expecting their first child. I admit I'm envious of her, but I have every right to be. I've always known what I was supposed to, lived a good Christian life, and I'm the one not married. My sister has the life that I prayed for, and she takes it for granted. To boot, my older sister has continued her wild ways, although she's married, and has never been faithful to her good Christian husband. She recently confessed that she isn't sure whether the baby is his, but she's Mm -hmm. not going to tell him because he would make a great father and he's financially well off. I don't think it's wrong to feel the way I feel. I'm sure God's pissed off too. I don't apologize for the smirk on my face when I think about the day where she gets exactly what she deserves. If Mm -hmm. being envious of her is wrong, I don't want to be right. Signed. Single, fabulous, and justified. So, host, justified. What say you? Wow, <laughs> justified. That's a okay, whole so lot of who stuff is she, going on. Is though. she envious <laughs> of the first sister or the sister who is married to the one who she don't know who the baby daddy is? Which one is she? Envious? Well, that's the same sister. It's the same that, sister. That's the older sister, and you got a younger sister that's envious mm-hmm. of that older sister who don't know who the baby's father is. And why wow. is she, is she okay? <laughs> well, maybe maybe I'll be brave enough to to kind of wade okay. in there because yeah, okay. give us some life I, coaching, please. Yeah, because I, 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 seriously, I, I'll tell you what comes to my mind. What worries me a lot more than the envy um, mm-hmm. is the damage that your letter writer is doing to herself. Mm. You know, I, I I think that because okay. The fact that she envies her sister, I get that piece. I understand that. You know, she, mm-hmm. you know, her sister has a life that she wants, and she envies that. But I hear more than that in this letter. You know, I hear anger. I hear a little anger. I hear a little bitterness. You know, I hear a little unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And what to me is kind of sad is that all of those emotions hurt her way more yeah. than they hurt her sister. They hurt her. You know, one of the things, have you, have you ever heard somebody say, um, you know, um, um, being unforgiving towards somebody or holding a grudge towards somebody is like you drinking poison and hoping they die? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Lord. You know, and that's what I'm feeling, you know, when I hear this, this, this young woman talk about this envy and how she just is waiting for her sister to get what she wants. No, it, it seems to me that those emotions are doing things to her that could mm-hmm. be seriously interfering with her getting the life she wants. Uh, uh, you know, you know how much energy it takes yeah. to, to it hold does. on to that anger Trust at that me, it level. It takes a lot of energy. A lot it of energy. Yeah. What say and I'm you, just going to say what she says. I'm going to say what she says. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> since you have the same opinion. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is an example of envy done right. Well, okay. You know, there was an article in Essence Magazine in 2013, and it talked about Kelly Rowland, who was previously with Beyonce, Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a teachable moment for us when it talks about most of our feelings, I'm going to assume, when it comes mm-hmm. to dealing with envy. Mm-hmm. She says, for a long time I wasn't happy, but that had nothing to do with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. That had to do with me trying to get my life in order and make better decisions for myself. 
Mm-hmm. And the article talks about after both had launched their solo careers around the same time, uh, Kelly Rowland was often uh, pictured as the person, you know, the singer that left Beyonce's shadow. But she said mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm seeing all these wonderful things happen for her, and I'm happy for her, but I want a path. I want things to pop off for me, too. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know, for her, her personal success isn't something she compares to her soul sisters. It isn't a competition. She said, you know, not on her level, but whatever my level is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So That's the part you know, of it that I love. That is the yeah. part that I love where she says, whatever my level is supposed mm-hmm. to be. Right. Because did, now, now, am I mistaken, didn't Kelly, didn't she marry and have, have a child? Yeah, she have a baby. Yes, she did. Right. Yes, she did. Right, right. You know, she she did that, um, and he. I, I I always got the impression that Kelly made some choices about having a life outside of the limelight. Yes. That Beyonce sacrificed for a while. Okay. You know that, that's that's what I always awesome. felt, and that's why I love that she said. At the level I am supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, because my impression of Beyonce was that she set her sight for a superstar. I mean, superstar, Absolutely. super duper superstar, and I'm not mad at her. No, you know, it, but it took a lot of sacrifice, a lot of things she had to kind of postpone, you know, and there are a lot of things that she goes through because of that. Uh, that's kind of a part of that life, and I just always felt like Kelly decided. That she wanted to have a, a you know, a, a larger regular life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Which would put her at a different level, and I'm glad that she can see that. And you know, um, I love how you asked that question about didn't she get married and have a baby? Because mm-hmm. this article was written in 2013. And now mm-hmm. it's 2015, and she's married now, and she had a baby. So you know, mm-hmm. that's a good observation. Maybe those things have really, as she said, popped off in her life because mm-hmm. she knew where her proper focus was. Mm-hmm. Beyonce's Beyonce. I love her success. I would like mm-hmm. to be successful as my sister too, but not mm-hmm. her level, but my mm-hmm. level. And when right. she focused on her level, that's when mm-hmm. she was able to make those plans, have those visions, and move forward to her mm-hmm. own success. And now she's living that. Right, right. You know, and that's what our 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 letter writer um that's what she can do if she lets go of some of that stuff that she's holding on to right right I, you know i think that's interfering with her having the life that she wants a lot more right than, than her oh, sister oh please 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 Uh-oh. please what well, okay are come y'all on will finished? what are y'all finished come on will it's always one i love it bs all of them. <laughs> Kelly Rowland has always wanted to be Beyonce. She still wants to be Beyonce. Oh, she no, has what didn't. it takes to be just as great as Beyonce. She needs no, better didn't. people behind her. I no, have followed Destiny's Child unlike <laughs> you two. So I know that Kelly Rowland has been in an abusive relationship, which she sang about. So this getting married to this new guy, this is not like she put her life on hold and she wanted a different level of success. It just okay. has not popped off for her like that yet. Okay. Um, don't know why, because she's just why. as beautiful. It could be that light skin versus dark skin thing. Um, but she has wanted it. She has gone after it. She has moved out of the country to try to be a pop star over in um, the U.K. 
then um, she did the the Got Talent thing over there or whatever. Um, then mm-hmm. came back over here. She released this CD. It didn't do as well as she thought it was going to do. She is trying. She wants that. And I don't know if you guys are heard because I think this article was actually relating and interviewing her to um, the song that she released called Dirty Laundry. Have you guys heard that? I have not heard no, the not song. From her. No. Oh, you need to Google that. So I, I, I kind of okay. figured I kind of figured my co-hosts weren't hip enough to have known that song, <laughs> so I downloaded you know some what? of the lyrics. And just let me read you the lyrics okay. that she put in verse uh, one. Now I'm just gonna, okay. I'm just gonna. She has some 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 words in here. I'm just gonna kind of go over. But she says, oh. while my sister was on stage killing it like a mf'er, I was enraged, feeling it like a mf'er. Bird in a cage. You would never know what I was dealing with. Went our separate ways, but I was happy she was killing it. Bittersweet, she was up, I was down. No lie, I feel good for her, but what do I do now? Forget the records, off the record, I was going through some BS. Post-survivor, she on fire, who want to hear my BS? Meanwhile, this this N-word putting his hands on me, swear y'all don't know half of this industry. Mm. So. Okay, you so we what? missed the part. There's a piece of the puzzle missing. Is that what you're telling us, Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's been uh-huh. trying to get it. And, I mean, true, uh-huh. everybody. I mean, because even I, I go through feelings quite often of inadequacy, you know, comparing mm-hmm. myself. This person's doing this. I know I can do that. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't it happened for me? Um, and I'm sure leaving the same group. I mean, Beyonce, I don't know if you are like me who Googles people's net worth, but Beyonce is worth Four hundred and fifty something million dollars. Last year she was worth five hundred million. I don't know what she bought, but she's <laughs> oh, worth that wow. much. Kelly Rowland is worth twenty million, and Michelle is only worth I think five million. So there's a huge mm-hmm. difference in the success levels of those three women. So I'm sure that envy had to come in there. I mean, yeah, you're happy for her, but you you can't help. It's human. You you can't help but figure out. You know, well, what's the difference? Because she can mm-hmm. sing, she can dance, she can write too. Um, only thing I can say is, you know, she had her daddy behind her. She was in the group with Beyonce's father, and of course, he promoted her more. But um, mm-hmm. I feel you, Kelly. When I go through it too, and we're gonna get there together. <laughs> That's it. I'm through. Well, okay. <laughs> All right, Mr. Strayhorn. I think in that yeah. case, we we just need to bring on the expert um, after we yes. come back from commercial. Because mm-hmm. yes, you, yes, yes. you, you added all of that. We got the two sides. And then, you know, yes. sometimes it appears, according to that article, you said one thing, but you completely over here feeling something else. So, oh, yeah. We need some clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes, we yeah. do. So what, we, what mm. we're going to do is we're going to – today's show is all really about embracing envy. But before that, I want to let you all know that you can stay connected with us by um, following us at letsfaceitradio.com. Also, we're on Twitter and Facebook, both under the name Let's Face It Radio, one word. Um, and just in case you know you missed the show or you want to hear us on the go, download Stitcher, tune in, or subscribe to us on iTunes. But tonight's show is all about embracing envy. There's actually a spiritual treasure behind it. So, so many people are reluctant to confess that they indeed experience this emotion that really is universal for everybody. And emotion is envy. Uh-huh. We're taught that, you know, it's negative and often it's, we're to be ashamed for admitting that we feel this um, and that we feel inferior to another person because that's pretty much what it is. But our guest tonight says that we should not feel that way and that, in fact, envy is a spiritual treasure. So when we come back from this commercial break, we have our guest, Mr. Josh Gressel, who's here, who's going to tell us why 
we should embrace envy. You're listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. We'll be right back. Filtering your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home. Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Do you have tax issues? Owe back taxes or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you have a business, product, or service? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with close to 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching a diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN, we do radio. For tuning in to the hottest station out, the Survival Radio Network. This award-winning network has over 900,000 downloads with 30 powerful shows hitting the airwaves Monday through Sunday. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and education, this network is for you. Check us out by visiting www.survivalradionetwork.us. Onward to one million. And remember, we do radio. SRN Survival Radio Network. Welcome back to Let's Face It. Again, the phone lines are open. You can call in at 1 and press 1 to be live on the air with any of your questions or comments. Tonight's show is about embracing envy and actually finding the spiritual treasure in our most universal emotion that everybody seems ashamed to talk about. We have Dr. Jess Gress, uh, excuse me, Josh Gressel, uh, Ph.D. He is a clinical psychologist, and he will come on and tell us the ways that we can find that spiritual treasure in envy and how to embrace that. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gressel. Josh, are you there? 
I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> How are you this evening? I'm fine. Thanks for having me on, Alicia. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, you you brought a very interesting concept um, with the the idea that there's a spiritual treasure when it comes to envy. Could you define envy and tell us why this is a universal emotion? Sure. Um, it's hard for it's hard to talk about envy without also mentioning jealousy because they get used so interchangeably. So I'd like to actually define both of them and talk about what the difference is, okay. and also even how that would apply to the letter that your um, your correspondent sent in. Let's start with jealousy because in some ways that's simpler. Jealousy is okay. simply wanting to protect what's rightfully yours. And it usually means some kind of relationship triangle. So in the example that that letter writer uh, sent in, it's two children competing for the parents' love. And so they right. really both want that they, they want, both want to be loved. They're jealous of, of the attention that the mother might give to one or to the other. So that's jealousy. It's it's really um, it's got less negative connotations to it because it's really you know if you see your spouse flirting with another person, you're jealous of their attention to that person, and you've got a right to be. You're wanting to protect what's rightfully yours. Envy, on the other hand, and by the way, they're not even synonyms. They get used interchangeably, but these two are not synonyms. Envy is wanting what someone else has that you think you don't. And again, if we're to use the example mm. from the letter writer. She wants to have a good husband. She wants to be married. So she's right. envious of her sister's marital status. You can be envious of, you know, an infinite variety of different things. You can be, you know, like Will was talking about, he can feel envy of people who are more successful. I, I would imagine that if we're talking about radio talk show hosts, it's somebody who lands a bigger guest or somebody who's got more listeners. You can be envious mm -hmm. of your neighbor's new car, envious of your neighbor's new car. You can be envious of your sister's more successful children. You name it, you can be envious of it. It's simply wanting what someone else has that you think you don't. And I guess in the example of these two or three singers that you were describing, whether it's their net worth or their total record sales or whatever. So that's uh, that's um, envy and jealousy. Um, it, we should I should say that it is re throughout all of recorded history. There's, if you go back to the second generation of humans in the Bible, Cain and Abel, there's envy there. You know that Abel's sacrifice was found pleasing to God. Cain's was not, and he ended up killing Abel because of his envy. Or whether you look at the Greeks, they wrote about it already in the 8th century B.C. There's no language that I know of that doesn't have a word for it. So it's a, a kind of archetypal, universal human experience. And since I was very happy in listening to you, the three of you talking, that it's okay to mention God on your program. You know, my belief is that that lets me talk more more freely, basically. I don't have to worry about offending somebody or triggering somebody. But basically, God is not going to equip us with an emotion unless there is a deeper purpose behind it. I mean, he's not going to create us as these defective human beings have got this kind of strange thing called envy just to torture us. There's got to be a reason mm. for it. So what could that reason be? And that's what the book is about, basically, is me trying to uncover what is the spiritual treasure embedded um, in this emotion. And before I start to give some examples, I don't want to talk too much. I'll pause here unless you want me to continue. 
Go ahead. Okay. No, you're good. All right. All right. So I, so I'll start. You know, I, I, I'll use myself as an example here, um, in part because I want to role model being more comfortable in talking about our envy. Um, I was envious for decades of people who wrote books, and you know, I had some dim awareness that that meant I wanted to write one, or that meant I should write one, but. I kind of kept telling myself, well, I can't, I'm not able to, that's for other people, it's not for me, and yet the envy would not let me go. Every single time I heard somebody say they're writing a book, they're working on a book, they've you know, published a book, <laughs> I would get so envious. So I tried, you know, I am a psychologist after all, I tried to understand this, so I, I started to read some of the um, literature on envy, and what I found was either extremely academic, which I didn't find very helpful, or it was very moralistic and superficial. You know, envy's a sin, don't feel it. And that wasn't very helpful. So I essentially thought I was going to try to, I would try to kill two birds with one stone and write a book about envy. So I'd get a book published and understand this emotion better. That's how the book came into being. And that's an example of how, if you pay attention to your envy, it can give you a clue as to where, you, you know, is where God's calling you, essentially. I don't think we're envious of things that, well, I'll, I'll qualify that statement. What I was going to say is I don't think we're envious of things that aren't meant for us, but that's not entirely true, and I'll talk a little bit about how, that, how that's sometimes not true. In this particular case, I believe it was my um, part of my soul's plan was to, to write this book, and until I listened to the call... I was going to keep getting that that painful, envious reminder that I'm not doing what God put me on this planet to do. Mm. Now, it's not always a clear-cut one-to-one correspondence, and this is where I'm qualifying. It's not always doesn't always mean. For example, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I'm not in the loop. I, well, what was the name of that? Uh, not not Beyonce, but the other pop star you were talking about. Kelly Rowland. Kelly, Kelly. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. So I'm not sure that her being envious of Beyonce having 450 million and she's only got 20 million. I'm not sure that means God needs wants for her to have 450 million too. I don't know that that's uh-huh. necessarily the answer. I um, I used to be envious of famous people, for example, and I didn't understand that one. You know, I'd be standing in the supermarket checkout line. I'm looking at the tabloids. I see, you know, Britney Spears' latest escapade, and I'm envious of her. And I thought, what the heck? I don't want to be a pop star. I don't want to be Britney Spears. Why am I envious of Britney? You know, why why is this triggering Uh my envy? And it wasn't until – it took some while for me to actually figure out what this was about. But what it it turns out that it meant was I needed to become more visible publicly. I needed to show Uh up more fully in the world. And so famous people triggered my envy. But that didn't necessarily mean that I needed to become famous. Since I've kind of got that and I'm putting myself out more, I don't have envy of famous people anymore. But I do need to take up more airtime or more space publicly. Mm -hmm. Now I'll pause. Okay. Okay. Well, Dr. Gressel, You've you've talked to us about you knowing God calling you to write this book, and and I kind of get that. You talk about um, 
you know, God not leaving you alone about something, I know that feeling very, very well. I'm not sure envy was a piece of it, but certainly I've had the feeling of him saying, no, Lori, this is what you're supposed to do. Um, and I have to be honest with you, I was a little confused about the difference between jealousy and envy because I saw envy more as jealousy and jealousy more as envy, given your descriptions of them. Um, but <clears throat> I wanted to ask you, when you decided to write a book, what made you decide to use that particular topic? Um, you know, that's that, that's not something I've heard before. I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I think it, I'm fascinated. But I just wonder, what made you decide on the topic of embracing your envy? Well, thanks for the question, uh, Dr. Laurie. I think uh, it, it was a combination of things. First of all, what I already said is I wanted to grapple with my own envy, and I thought that it would be a good way to do it would be to write a book about it. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, I'm typically drawn to topics that nobody else likes to touch. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's been a million books written about love and, and another million written about anger. And this is, you know, envy is the you know, neglected emotional stepchild of our inner world. There's actually very <laughs> little that's written about it. And You're so right. I, yes. I, I wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and actually it's a good place to go and talk about when you were talking about realizing that you needed to be, to be more visible publicly, mm -hmm. certainly going where other people have not gone will take you <laughs> to that place. <laughs> well, you know, of course, Dr. Laurie, there's also the be careful of what you wish for because it, it's mm -hmm. not like it's a completely uncomplicated process for me, but it, it's still just the same as what I need to be doing. I'm clear about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, this is Will. I wanted to know. So we were discussing, and actually, all of the different scenarios that we were discussing earlier in the show. In your opinion, what is the root to evil? So, to me, I always felt like it was um, like lack of self-esteem, or perhaps feeling a sense of inferiority. What do you What do you think is the root? Did you ask Will about the root of envy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I think of it, it's really seeing someplace or something where we need to be going and not having the confidence that we can do it ourselves. That that particular combination, I want what you have, but I don't have the confidence that I can do it. That particular mm -hmm. combination uh, creates envy. Now, I should say that Envy exists along a continuum. So let's say at the left side of the continuum, the mild side of the continuum, we're inspired to do what we see somebody else do. Um, that's more like emulation. You want to be like somebody else that you admire. You envy their success. You want to be like them. You take the steps necessary to follow in their footsteps. That's a mild form of envy. And, and by the way, there are some languages and the let me see if I can pull this up out of my memory bank. I think it's Thai, Polish, and Dutch have uh -huh. a separate word for what they call benign envy. It's that kind of positive envy. Oh, that's mm. wow, that's amazing the way you can do that. I want to do that too. That, they have a separate word for it. So then there's the middle-of-the-road envy, which is I think most of the garden variety that most of us grapple with every day where we mm -hmm. feel those twinges and we shove them to the side, but we don't do we don't act out on them. We don't say nasty uh -huh. things to the person we're envious of. We don't. Then at the far right, ugly, toxic envy 
Uh, we okay. don't have the word for it. This is a, there's a German word I'm going to use right now. It's called Schadenfreude, and it's sometimes used in the English language. And what it really means is taking pleasure in another person's pain, where yeah. you actually take rejoice. You know, and that's to some extent the person who wrote in that letter. It sounds like she's uh, got some Schadenfreude going on because she's waiting for her sister to get her comeuppance. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, there's um. I don't know how old you all are, but there used to, I think it was about 15 years ago, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were these two figure skaters competing for the Olympics. And Tanya Harding didn't feel she could succeed like Nancy Kerrigan. And so she had her boyfriend go and whack her over the knee with a metal pipe. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an example of schadenfreude. You know, you're envious of the person and you either wish evil against them or do evil against them. To my mind, however, that whole continuum is all about, really it's about how capable do you think you are of doing something about what you want. So if you feel capable, you're going to be on the left side of the continuum, the mild side, and the degree to which you feel incapable or impotent about doing anything, it can reach that level of the ugly, toxic envy called schadenfreude. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you talked about there's a continuum. And um, certainly, as we discussed previously, there is. But envy can take a very unpleasant side. And one thing I wanted to ask was, what do we do? How do we handle the envy that we receive from others? Oh, that's a big, that's a good question. You know, when I when I started writing this book, I thought it was going to be all about, you know, how we envy other people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that our fear of other people's envy can really limit us in our um, development. And it's not just your coworker or your neighbor, but can be your family. It can even be your spouse. It could be your parents. You know, we like to think that those who love us are not going, you know, only wish the best for us. But, right. you know, humans are humans. And we have a lot of complicated emotions going on under the surface. So I'll, I'll try and, I'll try and um, divide this, this answer up in a couple of different pieces. <clears throat> okay. Piece number one, I'll say there is such a thing about living in a relationship with family or with community, and you have to pay what I call relationship tax to do that successfully. So if you're pregnant with twins and your best friend can't conceive, you're not going to ask her to throw a baby shower for you. I mean, it's just not, you just don't do that. You know, you don't throw your good fortune up into the face of somebody who's painfully incapable of having what you have. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. not the same as saying, well, you don't want to take that to an extreme and say, well, you can't take joy in your own good fortune. You can't show mm-hmm. baby pictures to your friends, even if she happens to be in the room. I mean, you have to kind of walk a line of, being aware of and accommodating to other people's sensitivities without letting it squelch who you are, without letting it shrink who you are. So that's one piece. Another piece has to do with um, just in the early 1900s, there were a lot of uh, anthropologists who were coming upon these indigenous tribes and sequestered by geography that had been basically cut off from the rest of the world for centuries. You know, Papua New Guinea or the rainforests of South America or places in Africa. 
and pretty much to a village. They were all frozen in time. They had not advanced technologically. And the reason that one of the reasons that they speculate that that happened is because when you're in this kind of closed society, your fear of standing out and what your neighbors are going to say, and usually that takes the form in these villages of the evil eye, you know, their neighbors are going to cast the evil eye, your crops are going to fail, your, you know, your sheep and cattle are going to die, that, kind of thing, that that fear of stepping out, of being different, squelched the creative human spirit, and there was really very, very little development because of it. So it can mm-hmm. really have a, a very deep and pernicious effect on who we are if we let our fear of other people's envy keep us from stepping out and being who God meant us to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a lot. I got so much yeah. information from that. I got so much information from what you just said. Clarified so much in my mind. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'm trying to do, though, I I don't I say this in my book. I prefer to deepen our questions rather than to provide. I prefer deeper questions to easy answers, because I okay. think all of these things are kind of they're complex, and the deeper yeah. you go with them, you have to just hold the the both and, you know, it's not an either or, the answers to these things. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, well, Dr. Lori, did you have a question? I do. I do. I'm just wondering, um, you know, I, first of all, I have to comment on on your, your answer to the last question um, because I know that there was a certain impact on my development as I was growing up, the envy of other people. Um, I've, I found myself in competition with people that I wasn't aware of you know, and that I wasn't even participating in. Um, you know, once I figured that out, that those things were going on, you know, like you said, when I did not allow that to stop me from being who I am, I was able to kind of rise above it. But that did make it difficult <laughs> as I was as I was growing up. Um, but I wanted to ask you, do you think that there's a difference in the way men and women demonstrate envy in you know in the way they show envy yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't really think i have the best answer to that but i'll tell you as far as i've got with my thinking on that and it comes from my you know as when i was writing this book i wanted to interview people so that i would illustrate the the theories with you know real life examples so i put out ads on craigslist in various cities asking people to let me interview them about envy and it was very interesting. I, I pretty much got a gender split in the in the way men and women responded to me. I mean, the women would say things like, that is a great topic, and I have a lot to say to you about it. And the mm-hmm. men would say, kind of ham and haw, and say, well, I suppose I could help you out with that if you need. I'm not, you know. And it was, I the way I kind of understood it is that it's harder for a man to admit his envy than it is for a woman. It's because a, a man is so much about being competent in the world. Now, I want to think I need to qualify my um, my what I've just said because it may well be that if I were a woman, a man would have an easier time talking to me and a, a woman would have a more difficult time talking to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I kind of uncovered, or, or and this is, I, I'm sure I should have known better, but I didn't. I had no idea 
how mean women could be to each other. I always thought they were so nice to each other. <laughs> no, really? no, you see, Alicia and I are falling out laughing because we knew. Yes. <laughs> we could have told you. You should have asked us. Oh my exactly. goodness! You know, one of the women that one of the women that I interviewed was a former Miss Arkansas. And she said to me, you want to see the claws come out, just mention the word beauty pageant. And, you know, she yeah. said, and it's not men who do that. It's women doing it to other women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I have a question for you. Now, the Catholic Church, they, they list that envy is really one of the seven deadly sins. Your book says that we should embrace envy and actually find the spiritual treasure in it. So I want you to explain the spiritual link that you have that you believe exist in envy and why we should embrace it versus being ashamed of even having it? Yeah, it's a great question. And I would say um, it's also the the 10th commandment, although it says thou shalt not covet. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're not supposed to be desirous of what somebody else has. So, yeah. So who am I to say that what the, you know, our spiritual uh, superiors are, are saying is a sin is actually something that we should embrace. I think it has to do with what you do with the emotion. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's a wonderful thing to be envious, to go around being envious, and that that's something that we should try to uh, enhance, like we try to enhance our capacity for love. I am saying that it has a spiritual purpose, and that if we can uncover the spiritual purpose, it gets transformed for example, I'm no longer envious of famous people. It's now been changed from something that caused me pain and envious, envy of others, and I could have made snide and snarky comments to anybody who I was envious of. That has now been transformed into me doing something positive with my gifts, with who I am, and trying to be more publicly visible. Mm-hmm. So it's really not about saying envy's great, let's all be as envious as we can. It's Let's be compassionate toward ourselves when we feel the envy and curious as to what it's calling us to do and who it's calling us to become. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I have so much great information this evening, but I have to ask you real briefly, can you think of any um, or can you provide a couple of media examples of envy personified? I know you talked about uh, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, which I think everybody remembers. But can you think of anything you see in the media today that really shows envy at its worst? Well, I think the biggest one that's the most talked about right now is what's called Facebook envy, where you have all these people um, with what I call their presentational selves. You know, they're Mm. showing a particular way they want to be seen to the world, And I think essentially it's to inspire the envy of others. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, as near as I can tell, I think, you know, there's something um, problematic with a lot of the social media along that. And it it really, it's it's causing a lot of uh, discord and discomfort to people. You know, it's just one more way to feel inadequate. I think in general, um, well, here's what I was going to say. (laughs) Like everything else, there's uh, both sides to it. I think in general, when you're with somebody and you feel a lot of envy, sometimes they want you to feel that. I mean, sometimes that's what you're picking up is that they're trying to make you feel envious. And so it's always worth at least, if you really feel yourself feeling those twinges, it's worth asking yourself, you know, is this, um, 
something they're trying to make me feel or you know, how much of this is me and how much of this is them. And I think with Facebook envy or I don't know, maybe there's Instagram envy. I'm not too much in the social media, but I think a lot of that has is, is it's less about us, the viewer, and more about the person who's posting all the pictures of, you know, their last vacation in Paris. <laughs> right. Mm. Okay. And and also, real briefly, <laughs> was there anything that surprised you in your research? Well, you know, one of the things I touched upon was um, just that I didn't know about women being so mean to each other. <laughs> you know, I thought, you know, if well. I could be a woman, I wouldn't have to deal with what guys do to each other. But it sounds like you got your own version of it. <laughs> yes, you. <Yeah. we> <laughs> <laughs> and well. I think the other, I think the other thing for me is uh, really to get that there aren't any easy answers to this. I'm trying not to Mm -hmm. oversimplify in the way I'm talking about it because one thing bleeds into another and there's an interlinking and that shouldn't surprise me because I think that's, that's true about life. It's much more complex and interrelated and, and deep than we can ever hope to understand. But I, I thought envy was going to be a fairly limited topic that I could wrap my arms around and, Mm -hmm. I can't. I can, you know, do my best, but that's that's no. the best I can do. <laughs> wow. Well, Dr. Greshel, we we thank you for taking the time. Yes, thank you. Um, coming and sharing this because it really, even in this short time, it has been so enlightening. Yeah. Um, definitely Absolutely. something we can walk away from and and share and apply to our life. But how can people purchase your book? How can they follow you? How can they stay connected to you? Okay, to purchase the book, the easiest is to go online to any of the major online sellers like uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. The name of the book is Embracing Envy, Finding the Spiritual Treasure in Our Most Shameful Emotion. If that's too long, just put in Embracing Envy. That should be enough to pull it up. Mm -hmm. Um, To to connect to me is via my website, which is my name, Josh Gressel, J-O-S-H-G-R-E, S as in Sam, S-E-L, two S's, dot com. And there's um, all the ways to, to connect to me there. Awesome. Okay. Th- thank you so much. We enjoyed having thank you. you yeah. and we hope you'll come back. Anyway, all right. Well, doctor, I'd love to come back. Definitely. Will, Alicia, and Dr. Laurie, it was great talking with you all. You too. Nice well, have a good evening. You too. Uh-huh. Take care. Mm, bye. You Bye-bye. too. Well, that awesome. that was, Wow. <laughs> There's so much I can say, but I I can't do that justice. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will come back with some other exciting and interesting things to share with you. Uh, You're listening to Let's Face It. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. 
we're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop too. Hey, this is Tiffany Boyle, CEO and Editor-in-Chief of Emerge Magazine, the new voice of business. Here inviting you to come out to celebrate with us at the Emerge premiere May 29th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the City Club of Washington, D.C., located at 555 13th Street, Northwest Columbia Square. Again, that's May 29th in Washington, D.C. For more information, visit www.emergepremier.com. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. F-O-C-U-S. Fine opportunities create unique success. Focus is an empower agency that provides motivational tools needed to aid our youth and young adults in the metro Atlanta area. Allow Focus to provide your kids with additional help in developing self-awareness, leadership, communication, and empowerment skills. For more information on how to get started today, go to www.focusfruits.com. Focus. Life coaching for youth and young adults. Survival Radio Network. Welcome back to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. Today has been a great show. We have um, our guest, our wonderful guest, who's done such a great job, Dr. Lori Hobson. Thank you so much for being on the show, your input, and we cannot wait to have you back on as a guest and then again as a co-host. I really enjoyed having you on this evening. Yes. Thank you. This has been so lively. I have had such a good time. You did. I can't wait to come back. We were on our best behavior. (laughs) Yes, we were. Semi. Semi for us. Thank you. We did good. We did good. We did good. Yes, we want to thank you so much for coming in. And um, Alicia, next week, you know, I will not be here. So I'm leaving the baby in your hands. I will be in New York. Yes. My hometown. You know, it's a new national holiday coming up in 10 days. Did you know that? Did you catch the news? Yes, May 6th. You know, I've been in and out. It's coming up. Yeah. (laughs) National holiday is my birthday. Okay, Make sure no, you guys all take off work. Holiday. The too. bank will be closed. <laughs> no, the national holiday was April 20th when it was my oh, birthday. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot. I forgot. Year, I, so forgot. No. I forgot. I forgot. I think, well, well, I think you might have to move to um, Mexico. Isn't that Mexico? Cinco de Mayo is a Yeah, they always celebrate going into my birthday. That's normally what Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's the it's the reception. <laughs> But um, anyway, Alicia, go ahead. It's going to be an all-female show next week, all-female. Yes, so, Alicia, go yes. ahead and tell us about it. So there will be no envy. It will be an all-female show. <laughs> you know, in the past month, we've had some wonderful people that requested to be on the show and have given some great storyline pictures with their brand. Um, next week, we're going to have Daniel Gray, who's the author of Why Women Cheat. 
Confessions mm. of a Pickup Artist. Mm. Now, the book is described as he delves into the minds of women. Um, in order to aid the process, he hired three women from around the world to comment on the techniques to make a woman fall in love with you and how to have sex with different women daily. So he attempts to connect directly to the inner parts of your readers and also entertain and inform both men and women. And we're also going to have two fabulous guest co-hosts join us next week as well. So stay tuned next Sunday, 8.30 p.m. on Let's Face It. Yes, yes, yes. So see you next week. Well, I won't see you, but I'll be definitely be tuned in while I'm turning up in New York. <laughs> so no we're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. Alicia Brown. And Dr. Lori Hobson. All right. Let's Let's face face it. it. In life, you're going to be faced with many choices. But the most important choice that you will ever, ever make is when you make the choice to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time. Let's face it with Will Strayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.